If you would turn to Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. Once again, while you're turning there, I want to give another plug. Next Wednesday, Brother Robin Johnson is going to be here. I'm so excited when Brother Johns told me he was going to be here. Uh, I smiled from ear to ear. He sincerely is an incredible man, pure of spirit, awesome orator, and uh, he just, he's a brain. He's amazing, incredible, like his brain, the way it works and the way he uh, tells stories and remembers things. In class for a whole semester, I don't think he used any notes, and he just remembered all kind of facts and verses and stories. It's just awesome. So you're not going to want to miss next Wednesday night, May 8th, with Robin Johnson. It would even be beneficial to bring somebody else, bring a friend. I know he's going to have a word from God. Matthew chapter 6, verse 21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. In other words, if you show me where somebody spends their time, their money, I will show you their priorities. If, if, if you show me where you and I spend our time, then I can see very quickly where our priorities are. And tonight as individuals and as families, we need to evaluate how we are spending our time. As I was preparing for tonight, I saw a few pictures online as I was looking up some things that would help illustrate this. And I want them to show it if they would, just to kind of get us in the right direction. How sobering some of these pictures are. That as kids, our brains are being formed by what we watch and what we see. You can go to the next picture. That while kids are having books in their rooms, we're no longer reading with our kids or with our nieces or nephews or spending time, quality time with our family, but now we're disappearing into our phones. You can go to the next picture. Even husbands and wives, so much technology surrounding us in the bedrooms. We're not spending time with our kids. We're not spending time with each other. We're disappearing in the last picture, please. Kids wanting to spend time with kids, going to parties, and everybody is on their phones. Even at Chuck E. Cheese, people are sitting on their own phones because they don't want to enjoy everything else that's around them, all the other video games. You can put that picture down. A leading voice in entrepreneurship and technology posted a video to his grandfather. He was saying a lot of mean things to his granddad about what his granddad thinks about technology and how it's changing us. And he said, you know what, granddad? This is our generation's remote control. And he left it at that. He never said that he controls the world with this. But I would argue to him, no, instead of you thinking that this controls the world as our remote control, this remote control too many times controls us. Technology all around. There's so much noise that we can't hear the voice of God. So tonight, I want to preach a little bit about that. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16 says, See then that you ought circumspectly, meaning being able to see everything, not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time someone say redeeming the time because the days are evil before you're seated would you look to your neighbor and say stewarding the stuff amen you may be seated stewarding the stuff there's so much stuff all around but tonight i'm going to focus a little bit more on technology the digital world media and how it's affecting our homes and how we need to steward the stuff to make sure we're spending time with those around us, but even more importantly than spending time with those around us, spending time with God. Brother Amir, you don't have to worry. I have no M&Ms tonight to give to your children to keep them up till 1 a.m. He suggested that I bring frozen peas because of the thousands of M&Ms I gave his daughters. So as I was looking back, I know I'm young. I'm only 27 years, so I'm not going to try to act like I know all this stuff. But I remember as a kid, this square thing that you would push into your computer. 
And it would have all this memory on it. And it was called a floppy disk. How many of y'all remember a floppy disk? Floppy disk. Those things were cool. You could slide that little silver thing back and forth and see the film. How many of y'all remember being in the car and you trying to figure out what you want to listen to? And so you pull out this big old CD album and you're flipping pages of CDs trying to find out which mixtape you're going to play because you would go on LimeWire and just destroy your whole computer with all the viruses trying to download songs. And you'd make a mixtape. I remember in middle school, you'd make mixtape for the girls. You know, you'd get every, the good songs, and you'd give it to her. And that's how you'd ask her to be your Valentine with this love song playlist. It was the mixtape. That was back then. You had this big old CD album to keep up with it all. And then I even remember that we used to have to pay $1.99 per minute on the Internet until AOL said, no, you know, you can only pay $19.95 per month, and you can be on it as much as you would like. I remember my friends would call me. I'd be like, hey, it's only 8.55. Call me back in five minutes when the time is free because my parents are going to kill me if I keep charging up the bill. I remember getting on the phone, and you'd click the Internet, and then your dad would come in and be like, why do I have a $200 surcharge to your bill on your phone? And I'm like, well, I just was trying to download Solitaire. What's the issue? Or Snake, you know, the little block that would eat another block, and it would get bigger, and now there's three blocks. That was like the coolest thing to me. And I remember being on AOL and I should have never done it. You know, I nef- didn't necessarily do anything bad, but I was definitely too young to be on that. But who remembers chat rooms? Like chat rooms all over the world. You'd be on chat rooms on AOL talking about sports or whatever else. And I remember as a kid on Friday nights, my parents used to take me to this big old building. Now it's empty. There's nothing there. The sign is ripped down. But you'd walk in, and there's thousands of these squares and you'd grab a square, and you say, Mom, I want this square. You'd go up to the desk, and they say, Welcome to Blockbuster. Is this the VHS you want? And then it went to DVDs. And now Blockbuster is out of business because this box that is a color red has taken over. And now even the red box is going out of business because of, of Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime. Remember, as I was studying for this message, Polaroid, those pictures that you would shake for no reason because I researched, and they don't really help when you shake them, but everybody would shake them. You know, they had songs, shake them, and all that. And, and somebody uh, on their invention team said, why don't we go with digital pictures? There's this new technology. Let's, let's coin and uh, copyright digital photos. And the CEO said, no, that's not a thing. Everyone's gonna, no one's going to want digital photos. Who does that? Everyone's going to want to hold it in their hand. And now somebody else got that invention, and now they're making millions of dollars, and Polaroid could have had the monopoly. Things are changing very very rapidly. I have a couple of sounds I want to play, and I want to see if anybody remembers it, if there's any nostalgia. Can you play that first sound for me? Oh, it's about to be a good one now, huh? Y'all know what that is. A VHS as soon as you pop it in there. Can you play that next song for me? Thing was so annoying. Cut it off. All right, what about this last sound? That's no Kia. Some of the young kids are like, what is that noise? And then someone would get on the phone. Dad, get off the phone. I'm trying to connect to the internet. Hang up real quick. You're going to block it. Yeah, I remember Doll Up. That other one was Nokia ringtone. You've got mail. Oh, I do. Come on now. 
I thought I was the man. You got mail. Somebody sent me mail. In 1984, they were an estimated that by 1990, the leading computer people, the experts estimated that by 1990, there would be one personal computer in use for every 10 people in America. They grossly underestimated. They questioned. I had this video on my phone. This guy questioned on the news. He said, I wonder since we're getting so much electronic email, will, will there be junk mail? He said, and with all the internet changes, are we going to be able to shop online and no retail store is going to be open anymore? He says, and what about online grocery shopping? That's so far-fetched, but would it be that someone's not going to go and squeeze the tomatoes and look at the avocados anymore, and they're just going to order everything online? In 1984, he couldn't even dream that that would be a possibility. But right now, within five minutes, I can have my whole grocery list updated to Kroger and pull into the parking lot. They'll bring it out to the curbside. And they thought it was crazy how fast technology was changing. I got Sister Cherry to bring me this old relic. It's in the original OtterBox, she told me. Can you zoom in on this a little bit? Man, radiation poisoning. Yeah, this big old thing, and it, it weighs so heavy. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me now? Hello? And you, like, who would carry this in their pocket? How deep are your pockets to be able to carry this? It has to be uncomfortable. And you don't put it in your back pockets. You're going to be sitting like this the whole time. You're going to have neck problems and back problems. These massive phones and how crazy technology has changed. I remember as a kid going on AOL and playing little video games on AOL, and I thought, man, it was so fast. But now let something take more than three seconds to load up, and I'm getting angry. Man, I pay this much money for Internet, and it's taking this much time because Internet and everything has changed so drastically. But I'm not here to preach against the item. I'm not here to say, oh, this is evil, and no one needs to have cell phones. No one needs to have screens or monitors. No one needs to have laptops or tablets. I'm not preaching against the item. I'm preaching that we need to steward the stuff. Someone say steward the stuff. So for the next few moments, I'm going to discuss real practical and biblical principles that I want us to reflect on in regard to how we are using media. The reason I am preaching this message tonight is because as Christians, we have to check where our treasure is. And if it's in the wrong place, we need to correct it. We have to be circumspect and use our time wisely, not as fools, but as wise men. And Hebrews 12 Verse 1 says, Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about, by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Someone say weight. Let us lay aside every weight and sin that does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. See, that verse doesn't say just lay aside every sin, because it could be a weight that's slowing us down from living for God. It might not be a sin now, but we have to ask ourselves, is it a seed to a sin? Is it something that's going to lead to us living a sinful life and separating us? from our relationship with Jesus Christ. See, Silicon Valley is a region in the southern part of the San Francisco Bay Area in Northern California that serves as a global center for high technology. Microsoft, Apple, Cisco, all those things, VisaNet, all those are in Silicon Valley. And all those people, that's where they create the iPhones and the iPads and everything new that we have, all the Android phones, basically comes from Silicon Valley. And as I studied, parents that work in technology, in Silicon Valley, they are raising their kids tech-free. That, sh- that should wave some red flags. That if I'm cooking a meal for you, and then I go in the kitchen and get a Pop-Tart or something, that must mean there's something wrong with the food. So if they're making stuff for us, and they're not letting their kids use it, 
that should raise some red flags. So once again, I'm not preaching against the item, but I'm going to give us biblical principles that I want you and I as individuals and then collectively as families and then as a church to answer. What are we going to do with this stuff? How are we going to properly apply media into our lives? Some of the questions that we should ask, do my smartphone behaviors move me toward God or away from God? Do my smartphone behaviors edify me and others or do they build nothing of lasting value? And do my smartphone behaviors, smartphone behaviors expose my freedom in Christ or my bondage to conforming to the world? We must ask ourselves, once again, I'm trying to make this clear. I'm not preaching against the item that the item is evil. But we must all check ourselves. How are we using the item? So let's dig into some principles that I've learned. There are two big points in this discussion. Can you bring my stuff up, please? Two big points. We know that media is changing us, and we need to learn exactly how it's changing us. See, there is good use. Someone say good use. And there is bad use for social media, for phones, for the digital world. So let's discuss the negative. How many of y'all would drink this? It's Drano. It's called Liquid Plumber, and it would liquid plumb you. How many of y'all would drink this? Nobody. It's poisonous. It says if, if you drink it, immediately call help. Try to flush it out. Don't make yourself throw it because it can burn your esophagus on the way back up. There's so many crazy things in this that we shouldn't drink. And just like how some of us use social media, it's the equivalent to drinking this. It's crazy. It's absurd. But yet we do it each and every day. We have six instinctive reasons why all of us are on our phones and on our social media and on laptops and tablets all the time. The first one is novelty candy. We want to be informed about what is new in the world, new among friends, new in, in society. And we don't want to be left out of something newsworthy or noteworthy. The second is ego candy. We want to know what people are saying about us and how they're responding to things we've said and posted. The third is internet candy. We want to feed on what is fascinating, weird, strange, wonderful, shocking, or spellbinding. The next one is boredom avoidance. We want to put off the day ahead, especially when it looks boring and routine and holds nothing of fascination to capture our interest, so we just get on our phones. Responsibility avoidance. We want to put off the burdens of the roles of God that he's given us, like being a father, a mother, a boss, an employee, a student, and instead of fulfilling those roles, we want to say, you know what, I'll just be on my phone. I'm avoiding responsibilities. And then hardship avoidance. We want to put off dealing with rela relational conflicts or the pain of disease and disabilities in our bodies. Our phones buffer us from diversity. In other words, we, most of us only have friends that are just like us that reinforces our existing prejudices. Which is fine. I don't follow people that cuss and that post crazy and absurd things. Majority of my people are apostolics, are people that are in the church, and then I have some people that I'm in high school with that I keep up with, and they always text me or direct message me and say, hey, I'm praying for you. I saw you preached here. I think that's awesome. Keep it up. So when I go to Columbus, I can always follow up with them, and we often go out to eat. But so the people we follow are mostly people just like us that line up to our political values, that line up to what we think is right or wrong. And so we are lacking in diversity. We are taught to mold ourselves in order to gain the most social validation. That if I post this, well, I get a lot of likes and views and followers. Social media shows us only edited highlights because no one posts ugly selfies. 
My friend Cullen, he started this trend at Urshan Bible College, Urshan Christian College, where when like a group of people say, hey, can you take a picture? He'll get low and take it because no one, no one wants to see all that. They want it high so you can't see the little that's coming up, you know. No one posts ugly selfies. We will take 50 pictures before we post that one that looks good that's in the right lighting because God forbid we only get three likes on it because then no one likes us. If we don't get 10 likes, we might even like it ourselves because we're ugly and the world hates us. I'm going to delete it and repost it to just get people's attention again. I'm going to go and like their photos so they can come in my like, like my photos. And if I follow them and they don't follow me, then I'm going to unfollow them. And if they unfollow me, I'm going to confront them. Why would you unfollow me? Do you not like me? I just don't like what you're posting. We also post all this good stuff that we're doing in the world. John Christ is com- a Christian comedian. He talks about missions trips, and he says everyone has to wear a neon shirt, and you're going to go paint a Bible college the, again and again and again at the missions trip. And then he says, but make sure you remember, don't help the old lady that's struggling with her luggage. We're not on our mission yet. Make sure you remember why we're really going on the missions trip is to take a picture with foreign kids to post on our Facebooks. But how true is it? We can't even help a homeless man without taking a picture for the world to see. But that goes against the principle in Matthew chapter 6, 1, where the Bible says that we should do things in private so God can reward us openly. Oh, look, I prayed someone through. I baptized somebody. Look at me. Woo, woo, woo. Oh, I got 10 likes. I'm good now. I'm, oh, I'm spiritual. Bless Jesus. It's all a facade. It's all fake. And we trade his reward for 33 likes because you can only have one or the other. You do it privately and let God reward you, or you want to flaunt it around and tell everybody what you're doing, and you'll get a couple of likes, but then what? We check our feeds compulsively and find it nearly impossible to turn away from looking at and loving our second self. This person that really isn't us, this person that eats sushi every weekend, like we can really afford that, but you know what? We'll take a picture of it. We create someone that we really aren't. Everyone wants to be an individual while really they're looking like everyone else around them. If I showed you my high school pictures, I was like, man, I'm an individual. Fight the system. I'm against all those people, but I'm dressed just like everyone else around me. Even sometimes the same exact shirts and shoes and everything, but I'm an individual. We become actors. We used to do something, then talk about it. We used to go skydiving and then be like, oh, look, I skydived. Look at what I've done. But now we go to a restaurant and we take a picture of it before we even eat, and we might have not even eat it. We just really want to get the right picture. You see couples all the time. Both of them are on their phones trying to get the right angle and get all the little spices and the steam coming off off the plate instead of enjoying the food that's in front of us. And it's so crazy what phones are doing to us that there is literally a condition now for people that are away from their phones. There is a disease when people don't have Wi-Fi. There is a disease when someone forgets their phone at home. You know when you have company, one of the first things they say is not, look at this lovely home. Hey, what's your Wi-Fi? <laughs> We're here to hang out. Why are you worried about my Wi-Fi? Like, get off. Stop. There's this new thing called FOMO. FUMU, FOMO. Fear of missing out. FOMO. We got to check it every five minutes because if I don't, I might miss something spectacular. Or I might miss something that I can gossip about. 
I have a fear of missing out, but let's not act like it's only because of our phones. That happened in the book of Genesis with Eve and Adam. Eve saw this fruit and she had a fear of missing out. So it's something that's in our nature. So regardless if it's it's this item, if it's a monitor, if it's a laptop, the item isn't necessarily evil. But we must learn to steward the stuff. Someone say steward the stuff. Eve experienced this. She thought she was missing out. And so she gave in and it ultimately cost her the Garden of Eden. And we're all so busy capturing the moment that we're not truly capturing the moment. If you talk to elders about what it was like growing up, they can say with so much vivid detail what it was like. They, you can even smell the pie sitting on grandma's little latch by the window. Oh, you can remember what it felt like to play tackle football. They can describe it so vividly. But unfortunately, in our generation, we're losing contact with being able to describe things because we see something awesome and we're like, oh, take a picture. People are drowning. You're at the Grand Canyon and you're seeing what God created. Yeah, I'm about to get 10 likes on that. Grand Canyon, baby. I went fishing for my birthday with my niece, nephew, my wife, and my two sisters, and I didn't even have my phone. I was just enjoying it. I I made somebody else take pictures for sure, but I wanted to enjoy. Yeah, you got to be balanced. I said steward the stuff. I didn't say throw the stuff away. We're being practical here. I I pointed somebody else. I said, you're going to be the center. I'm going to fish. I didn't catch one fish either. That's probably why. God got me. It's karma. But, you know, I'm enjoying my time with my niece and my nephew, and so I said, hey, Sarah, my sister, their mom, I said, can you take pictures of us? And I just want to enjoy it with them. Instead of me being on my phone, I let somebody else who always gets to spend time with them take pictures. And instead, so many of us do. We lose out on what's going on. We don't capture what God is doing because we're on our phones. Because we're on our phones. On an average, people spent 1,261 hours on TV and social media last year. We check our smartphones about 81,500 times each year or once every 4.3 minutes of our waking lives, which means by the time I've just got done preaching, you've checked it seven times. I've told this stat before. Tony Rank, this awesome book, 12 Ways Your Phone is Changing You, surveyed a bunch of Christians, thousands of Christians over a bunch of different denominations and all over the United States, whether they're more likely to check their mail, their email, And social media before or after spiritual disciplines on a typical morning. 73% of them said they checked their emails and social media before. How many of us do that? I wrote a paper for my personal spiritual disciplines class and I said, you know what? I got to stop using my phone as my alarm because when I cut it off, the minute I say end, I see every email. I see every notification. And so instead of first spending time with the God who came down and died for me, I'm sitting there distracted. From the beginning. And let's go to another principle. It's easy to be a keyboard warrior because you feel anonymous. You can say whatever you want because you don't think there's a real person on the other side of that. You're just talking to a screen. So God forbid Jesus Christ is sitting next to us and we talk to a real person like that. But it's on Twitter. It's on Facebook or Instagram. I I can post that. You know what? I'm a Christian, but I'm an American first. So I'm going to tell that person they're wrong politically. Rage spreads. Something that really convicted me that I had to repent about as I was studying for this message is slander. Slander is not a false report. It's not lying. 
saying, oh, Jason Morris stole 800 pounds of french fries from McDonald's. It's not a false report. That's not what slander is. That's just a lie. But what slander is is destroying other people's reputations. You're spreading gossip for the sake of destroying their reputation. Not, oh, I just need to vent to somebody. I, I got I to let it out what they've done. And it has nothing to do with me, but you know what? They're so evil, and they just like Satan, so I got to tell everybody I know what they did that they bad. It's true, though. It's, it's not as much of a false report as it is a against report. We're speaking against people. Instead of you who are spiritual, restore such a one. And so if there is odd against you and your brother, go to them privately, not publicly on Facebook. Go to them privately and make it right. And if that doesn't work, get two or three unbiased elders or people of good report and try to work on it together. But we don't do that no more because we are giving in to society. So what I'm trying to tell us today, including me, is we must steward our stuff. In other words, we must love more than just in word or text, but also in action. And if the glory of man is our God, then we will not celebrate the glory of Christ. We're more worried about what other people are doing. And if they approve of us, then does God, our Heavenly Father, approve of us? But once again, that's not just to phones. Because even Peter did that. Peter denied Jesus because he was scared about other people's disapproval of men and women. He learned quickly that we can't serve two masters. Rejection has always been around, but now it's in our pockets. Now it's as soon as I open it, if I don't have enough likes, if they're hanging out and they're going on vacation, I'm less than. I'm not, as, I'm, not, I'm not doing right. God doesn't love me as much because look at what they're doing or how they're doing that. Or if I get all the likes, man, I'm better than everybody else. It's created us to be narcissistic. And the authenticity of our lives isn't determined by the applause of man, but it should be by the approval of God. Social media has captured our attention so often that it's changed our appetite. We click on a video and then on another and then on another. And before we realize we've been sitting there for two hours surfing the web looking at videos of cats or cats playing the piano, dads saving their kids from falling off of swing sets and from injuries. Or political garbage. It's changed our appetite that we can sit down and watch a two-hour movie, but if pastor preaches more than 30 minutes, i got to use the restroom. Excuse me. Now, I'm not for him preaching two hours. I'm ADHD. But what I'm saying is if we can't sit through a sermon without being distracted and focusing on what God is trying to give us for that time, our appetite is different. We're drinking garbage. We're drinking poison. We're messing up, and it's time that we steward the stuff. Let's talk about appetite. The distraction of media might be regarded as the mental equivalent to obesity. The distraction of media might be regarded as a mental equivalent of obesity. And our attention is led by others, which turns into our appetite being led by others. Because we're so giving so much attention to them, our appetite is now on what they think is right, what they think is wrong. So let's bring it home. Repetition is learning. What we say and do over and over again creates culture. That's what Brother John says and what's very true. Repetition is learning. So what we learn from media, what we learn from movies and stuff is the way to get ahead is to kill the bad guy. I called a guy from Silicon Valley, and we went and talked and hung out, and I learned about some of these principles about what Silicon Valley people are saying about media, the people who create it. 
that media teaches us to do bad things and it gives us good results. We become what we like. We become what we like. And we have become desensitized. See, when I was a kid, for whatever reason, and I'm not disrespecting my dad, obviously he has done an incredible job. I honor my father and my mother. They have done a great job. They sent a man that kept his virginity through all of life till 26 till he got married. They got a boy to go to Bible college and now Urshan Graduate School of Theology. I'm serving in ministry and I'm loving God with all of my heart and I'm growing each and every day. So they have done an incredible job. That's for my parents. That's not glorifying me. But what I'm going to say could, could seem a little bit off-putting. But in my house, we had a TV in every room, literally. In the kitchen, there was a TV in the corner. So when I'd come home from school, I'd go and grab food and I would sit five feet from the TV and watch TV. It was so crazy, not just a TV in the bedrooms. There was a TV in the bathroom. You can't miss it. Whatever's on it, you got to watch it. So it was everywhere. And we've become desensitized. So much so that when I went to Bible college, I said, I'm not bringing my TV. I'm not bringing any of my video games. I want to leave it all at home, and I want to devote my life to God with as much as I can, all my attention and my appetite on God. And I'm not a parent, and I'm not getting on the parents, but I'm going to be practical here. I have a niece and a nephew, and my nephew is like a young DJ. He is very ADHD. He can run around, and he always has energy. I wonder how kids have so much energy, and I just walk upstairs sometimes, and I'm like, I'm tired. It's time to restart the day. I get a phone call, and it lasts five minutes, and I'm exhausted for the rest of the day. So they have energy, and I get it, and sometimes they can get too much. They can do a lot. They can move a lot and break stuff, and you got to watch them. And now that kids, when he started walking, you got to really watch him. You can't, when he gets quiet, that's when he gets bad. You got to stay within 10 feet of him because you got to be ready for anything. But what we've done is we've given them a screen and said, hey, let that raise my children. Let them roam free on YouTube and learn all kind of garbage and develop an appetite for this world. Rather than having a conversation with our kids. I, I'm not a parent, so I'm not going to tell you how to parent. But we must limit screen time. And I applaud every parent of houses that I've been out for dinner and conversations I've had that limit their screen time and only let them be on the screen for a certain amount of time or even on weekends. I applaud you because I think you're doing a great job. Because if the parents that are creating this technology aren't giving it to their kids, then why are we letting that stuff raise our kids? See, God made the sun, and just as it's important to define or know what the sun is, that it's this flaming ball of fire, it's important to know why he created us. He created light so that we can have light and we can be able to see, and it can give us solar power and grow vegetables and fruits and all that kind of great stuff. So it's important to know what we're engaging in digitally, but we must also ask, why was it created? Snapchat, horrible app. This app that you can send something, a picture or a text, and within five or however many seconds, it deletes itself. And we let our kids have a Snapchat. When If we study what it was, it was three college guys that created it for the purpose that you think they created it for. But we'll let the screens raise our kids. There's so much killing, so much sexuality, so many cuss words on YouTube, on Hulu, on Amazon, on Netflix. And we put a little bit of restrictions on it, but we'll let them have free reign with our media. I'm not going to say who, but somebody 
in North America that I was asking about this message. I, I talked to a lot of people, at least six. He was saying that someone in his family that is of a young age was on the phone and playing a game that he downloaded. And then all of a sudden he said, hey, can I, can I sit somewhere else and play? You know, this seat is uncomfortable. So it kind of made him think about it a little bit. And he looked over and, and something bad showed up on the screen that even as a kid they understand and they have a curiosity. And so we must make sure to steward the stuff. What's coming in our house? What are our kids watching? Because though some of us make it out of a crazy world like that, how many millions are lost because of the appetite they have and they're so desensitized. They see people murdered. They see people having sex. They see people cussing and doing all kind of bad things. But it's not us. But Paul wrote to the church, all these things are evil, but also those that take entertainment or partake of those that are doing that. Because it's as if we're doing it. Media isolates us. It went from live orchestras in public parks where people are singing to record players that you can play with in your house and now headphones where no one else even is alive around you and you have your own headphones because everything isolates us. It went to drive-in movie theaters to now TVs and your room and in every room of the house now to even your phone where you don't even have to sit in a living space with the rest of your family and watch something. Each of us can be in a different room and watch something different. Media isolates us from the world around us. Our phones and media make us bury our emotions. Someone sends something to us and we put LOL. And you know how we type it? We're not really laughing out loud. <laughs> LOL. We don't even know how to show emotion no more for other people because it's so drawn down to, oh, I don't feel laughter no more. I don't feel pain for another human being who's struggling. Instead, I'm going to be a keyboard warrior and fight against them. I'm going to slander. I'm going to talk about them privately. I'm going to gossip about them and group text messages that no one else can see. But you know what? The Bible says that every idle word will be judged. Every idle word that I have texted over the last years about people that are negative, will be judged, and God will pull up a history that I can't delete, no matter if I delete it from my iMessages or not. He's going to pull up a history and say, you remember when you talked about that brother that I died for? And I'm going to be judged by it. So I better tonight learn to steward my stuff, because if not, I'm really just drinking this poison. And as absurd as you guys looked when you, I said, who wants to drink this? Y'all were like, man, he's crazy. DJ's up to one of his little gimmick action crazy things again. That's how we are on social media, in the use of our phones. So what do our phones do to us in conclusion to that part of it, the negative? Our phones amplify our addiction to distractions, and they splinter our perception of our place and time. Our phones feed our craving for immediate approval and promise to hedge against our fear of not missing out. FOMO. Our phones offer us a buffet of produced media, fake things that tempt us to indulge in visual vices. Our phones overtake and distort our identity and tempt us toward unhealthy isolation and loneliness. And in order for us to not be negatively affected by social media, we must minimize unnecessary distractions in our lives to hear from God. Be circumvent. Don't be foolish. Be wise. Redeeming the time. We must find approval in God and not man and likes and followers and viewers. We treasure Christ to be molded in his image, not the image of what gets likes and seeks to serve legitimate needs of our neighbors. Our phones can be good. We need them for valuable things. 
For instance, I love missionaries that we have phones because I follow them. And when someone receives the Holy Ghost, I see that update. I'm seeing their church services from all over the world, and I rejoice in that. I love that. I love that we have phones because I have family members that come to me when I was younger at family reunions. Oh, you've grown so big. I don't know who you are if you're even my family. And I follow them, and I can see cousins and stuff, and I'm connected to people all over, all over the world, to friends and family. I can stay connected. It really helps me when I drive out of town and I don't get lost. It helps me to find that Taco Bell that's open late. And, oh, man, them gordita crunches are so good. Phones are great. It gives you Yelp. We're all over the world. People that have been to that place can say, oh, it's bad or it's good. And so you know to go there or not. So phones aren't evil. But we must learn to steward the stuff. Even using phones for the right reasons. Jared, can you come help me? Even using phones for the right reasons can have negative effects. Water's good, right? How many of y'all would drink this? I haven't done anything to it. I, I give you my word. Like some of y'all are like, nah, he's about to do something crazy. Jerry about to pass out. Get on film. Go ahead. Would you drink that? That's good, right? Who, who agrees water's good? Water's healthy. You're supposed to drink your ounces. Thank you. You can be seated. But too much of a good thing is bad. Right? Thank you. I appreciate it. Give Jared a hand. No, we love Jared. I did warn him that I was going to do that, just so you know. I said, I'm going to do my best not to humiliate you, but I wanted to prove that point. That even though water is good, when you force it in there, when there's so much at one time, it really distracts us from our walk with God. And what the author of Hebrews said in chapter 12, verse 1, he says, lay aside every weight. Everything that slows us down, every distraction that helps us neglect our walk with God, lay it down. Too often we post more about God than we actually talk to God. We're on the hamster wheel of social media, doing a lot but not actually going anywhere. We're running in place instead of actually walking with God. My teacher a few weeks ago said, I didn't realize it was spring break, so I can extend the paper a week. What do y'all think? And all the students started uh, responding back to the email saying, you know what, if you respond, I mean, if you extend it, I'm not going to take more time to do the paper. If I plan to do 40 hours, I'm still going to do 40 hours. If I'm going to procrastinate, I'm still going to procrastinate, whether the paper is due tonight or due in three weeks. So my question is, I called some pillars of faith in our movement and in this church, as I called them asking about this, I said, before phones, before all of this stuff that distracts us, did you pray with God more? Did you pray like five hours a day? They said, I did pray with God more, but in all reality, the principle is that we have to steward our stuff. It's not about, oh, phones are evil. It's that where is our priority? Because where our treasure is, there will our heart be also. So I'm not preaching against the item because the item will change. Fifteen years ago, I could have preached against the box we call a TV and said, that's evil. But the item's going to change because no longer is it this. Now it's in our pocket. So I'm not preaching against the item. Whatever the item may be in 10 years when some new technology comes out, we must learn to steward it. And if it's evil, don't drink it. And if it's good, still be careful on how much we partake in it. Because we're not here to get likes. We're not here to build a fan base. We're here to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, to lead people to a saving relationship with him and develop them to be fully devoted followers of him. And how many of us are distracted because of each notification we get and we're drinking the poison and we're putting too much of the good stuff in us that we're distracted. And so we fight on two fronts in the battle for holiness in the digital age. 
We're fighting in the internal front of the heart, the heart front to be so satisfied in Jesus, to see him so clearly, love him so dearly, and follow him so nearly that nothing, nothing, not even a smartphone can control us. As Brandon Marin would say, I'm preaching about your mind, your mind, your mind, your mind. Where is our heart? Because that's where our priorities are. And then biblically, the other front of holiness. We're also fighting on the external front to remove or avoid stumbling blocks to our faith of taking too much of this in. One elder suggested this. He said, you know what? Even before phones, I tried to practice this, and I need to continue to grow in it because none of us are perfect. He said, I practice tithing my time. Just like you would your finances. Bills are always going to be there. Vacation should be there. You should spend time with your family. Food, thank God, is always going to be there. Clothes are going to be there. Gas, unfortunately, is always going to be there. So you have to have money. Money in itself is not evil. Now, if you gamble, that's evil. If you do bad things, stupid things with your money, that's evil. But money isn't evil. But what we must do with the money is be biblical and tithe and give to the kingdom of God because that's where our priority is. So the same is true with our time. Imagine you get paid every day, 24 hours. Are you tithing it to God? Am I tithing it to God? How much am I spending on what? Because that shows where my priority is. One guy even said, you know, we should have digital Sabbaths. Or once a week, we don't even use our phones. We don't use any technology. I'm not saying let's go back to the Amish. Thank God there's air conditioning, especially in the humid south. But let's get away from the phone. Let's do a media fast. Where, where are these principles hitting you? In your home, where is it hitting me? So me and my wife tonight, we're discussing in an ongoing conversation as we grow together closer to God. How are we using our media? Is it taking control of our lives? Are we spending quality time? We spend a date night once a week, and we have no phone at that date night because we want to have quality time. We don't want to be like the people in the picture that are fading away into their phones. So fast your phone, fast digital, fast media, fast these things. These principles are so relevant as the music comes. There's a term called sensory adaptation. It's this concept that if there's so much noise and you're around it so long, you start to forget that it's even there. You know what I'm talking about? It's like being around a bad smell. You're around it so much that it doesn't even smell bad anymore. And that's how, unfortunately, so many of us are with our media, with our phones, our tablets, our laptops. We're around it so much that we're desensitized. We don't even realize that God is trying to speak to us. I'm so engrossed. And, oh, man, that guy caught a fish. Oh, man, he's on vacation. That's awesome. I'm so engrossed in this stuff that I don't even hear that still small voice of my creator, my savior, calling out to me. Spend time with me. I want, I want, to, I want to walk and talk with you. I want to change your life continually. I'm so engrossed with media that I forget that there is a God that loves me, that wants a relationship with me. I'm around it so much that I'm even desensitized to sin. How many of us can say that? So what we must do today is if it's bad, get rid of it. Have the right attitudes and actions on social media. Do the right things. Go to the right websites. Follow the right people. Type the right things. Post the right things. But then also, even if it's good stuff, don't take it so much that it chokes us out 
and that we can't even hear from God. So with a lesson like this, there are three questions we must ask ourselves. Do my smartphone and media behaviors move me toward God or move me away from God? We can binge on Netflix, but when's the last time we binged in the Word of God? Do my smartphone behaviors edify me or others? Or do they build nothing of lasting value? That the shrimp and grits looks really good and it got 20 likes, but what did it really do for eternity? Do my smartphone behaviors expose my freedom in Christ or my bondage to conforming to this world? So I invite us all today to fall in love with Jesus afresh, the God that came down and died for us. Because it's not that these things are evil. Some of them are. Some of the things on them are. Some of it is poison and it should not be in our households. It shouldn't be near our kids. It shouldn't be in our marriages. But the item is going to change. But what will never change is that we're stewarding the stuff in our lives. That there's not so much noise, so much distraction, so many things that we're not doing devotions as a family. We're not praying together. What convicted me is as I called elders from this church that I looked to, that I look at and respect so highly, and I respect even more after our conversations, I look at them, I'm like, hey, help me. Help me bridge the older generation. What, what do you think about technology from your years of faithfulness and wisdom? What do you think? And they agreed with what I said. But even more, these great elders said, even me, I want to fall more in love with God than ever before. And I look at myself and I'm like, man, this elder doesn't even have a smartphone. He has no TV, no Netflix, no Hulu. He has all the time in the world. And yet he is still saying, I want to fall in love with God. He's faithful on Tuesday nights. He comes early to prayer and shows up in room 105 before every service. And yet even him, without all the distractions, is saying, I just want to know God more. And so I look at myself. I look at my marriage. I look at my ministry. Am I properly stewarding the stuff? Ephesians 5, 15 and 16. See then that you walk circumspectly not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time. Because there is a clock that's winding down. The sand in the hourglass is fading. So what are we doing with our time? Because the days are evil. Matthew 6, 21. For where your treasure is, where my treasure is, there will our hearts be also. Can we all stand? So, if I show you my time, you can show me my priorities. And if you show me your time, I can show you your priorities. Are we stewarding the stuff? Can we all close our eyes just for a moment? I want you to just think about it. Is Jesus the center of your life? Or is social media, movies and TV, and all these things that are distractions? Are we properly stewarding the stuff? Are we spending quality time with our families? in the word of God and prayer are we letting screens raise our kids are everything circling around screens and digital world that isn't necessarily evil but there's so much of it coming in that it's choking our relationship with God out we've adapted to all the senses being so buzzed with all the noise with everything going on that we don't even hear the voice of God I want you to think about that for a moment are you and I properly stewarding our stuff? We're so worried about what people think on social media that we're not looking for the approval of God. 
We're too busy capturing moments that we're not really capturing moments. How are we stewarding our time? We're drinking the poison that the creators say they don't even want their kids to drink. How are we stewarding our time? God, I pray right now before we all come to this altar, even me when I put this microphone down, that I'm going to recommit my life to you. That I'm going to get rid of all the distractions just for a moment. It's early. I know we have work and school tomorrow. But I'm going to get rid of all the distractions for a moment. And I want to fall back in love with you. I want to know what it feels like to hear your voice. I want to know what it feels like to feel that grace again. To feel close to the cross. To feel close to the God that came out of the grave and saved my sins. God, I want to feel it again. I want you to be the center of my life. Help me, help my wife to steward our time, to steward the stuff right so that our treasure can be in the right place, that our heart and our priorities are on you, on your kingdom, not things that fade away. Hobbies are good. Fishing and hunting are fun. But God, I don't want it to take all my time that I don't have a relationship with you, that I'm not winning people to you. I'm not making disciples. So God, help me to steward all the stuff. Help me to steward it all. Just like I do my finances to pay my tithes and offerings and give admissions and give all these things. God, help me to do that with my time, that I steward it properly, that I take into account that I have a relationship with you, that I'm praying, that I'm fasting, that I'm reading your word. God, I want to know you. If that's your heart tonight, can you come and spend some time with God at this altar? If you just want to recommit your life to God that you're going to steward this stuff, we're going to do better with our social media, with our phones, with digital stuff, with media. We're going to make sure we're praying that we're spending time together as a family doing devotions, that we're spending quality time. We're not fading away, drinking all the poison of the world. That's it. Can that be your prayer today? Let's look deep and real into our hearts. What are we doing with our time? What are we doing with our time on social media? What are we doing with our time on the laptop, on the tablet? God, I want you to be the center of it all. That's it. Just for a moment, we have time. Let's spend real time with God right now. Let that be your prayer. Husbands and wives, why don't you forgive each other and repent to one another for how you've been spending too much time on your phones instead of with each other. When we go home, we put restrictions on our kids and we spend time getting to know our kids, their dreams, what they want to be when they grow up, reading the book with them, playing outside with them. Why don't we go back to stewarding our stuff? God, I pray that you'll help me. Help me to steward my stuff. I want you to be the center of it all. I don't want to drink the poison or drink too much of a good thing that it chokes my relationship with you out. So I'm going to lay aside every weight. I'm going to lay aside every sin that slows me down from running after you. I'm going to walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as a wise man. I'm going to redeem the time because the days are evil. God, I'm going to put my treasure, my time in the right place because that's where my heart is.